Gospels, we will turn to the Gospel of Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, and we're going to pick up here in the middle of the chapter, verse number 18. Mark chapter 12, verse number 18. Then come unto him the Sadducees. And we mentioned they are sad, you see, because they did not believe in the resurrection. Okay, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying, Master, Moses wrote unto us, If a man's brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children, that his brother should take his wife, and raise up seed unto his brother. Now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, and dying left no seed. And the second took her and died, neither left he any seed, and the third likewise. And the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because you know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God? For when they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. And as touching the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses, how in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob? He is not the God of the dead, but, of the, live, uh, but uh, the God of the living. Ye therefore do greatly err. And so we're going to just examine tonight the, the resurrection and just look at, um, at some thoughts here from the teachings of uh, the Lord Jesus Christ in, in light of this. If you'll join me, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this evening. It's just good here on this Wednesday night, this cold night outside, to be able to come inside and open up your word. And I pray here tonight you would give us the warmth of your spirit. Lord, that you would meet with us, that you would minister to us. Lord, we just acknowledge right now your presence in this very place. As we just sang, that we might have a closer walk with you. Uh, that, Lord, we might be real in our Christian life, that we would love you and make choices that would be based upon that love. Help us tonight, give us wisdom, give us grace, uh, give us encouragement tonight uh, through the coming resurrection, we pray in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. And you may be seated here this evening. Uh, just a little bit of review. We, we have been marching through the Gospel of Mark and We've seen that now as we come to this portion in the Gospel of Mark, we're on the final days of Christ's earthly ministry. And as we are seeing here, every effort is being made to discredit the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, they're looking for sin in his life. They're trying to find a reason to kill him. And so there are many groups now that are beginning to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. They're trying to frame him in some capacity and yet, as we see, despite all of their efforts, uh, they fell short. Uh, they could not find anything against the Lord Jesus Christ. And so finally, as they brought him to trial, the only accusations they could bring against him were false accusations from false witnesses who were probably paid to give uh, their false witness. Now, in chapter uh, number 12 here, this chapter, we have uh, three different questions that are brought to, to the Lord Jesus Christ in an effort to frame him. Uh, first of all, the, the Pharisees, the Herodians, if you look in verses 14 and 15, we dealt with this on, on Sunday evening. In verses 14, the latter part, uh, the question is this, is it lawful to give tribute to Caesar or not? Shall we give or shall we not give? And with that question, they thought they had set for Jesus 
a sure trap. Because no matter what his response is, he's going to uh, kind of alienate uh, a large sector of the population. Uh, if he answered that it's lawful, uh, many of the Pharisees, many of the common folks uh, who were despising of the Romans would come against the Lord Jesus Christ. They would turn against him. It would limit his credibility with them. However, if he answered in the negative that it was not lawful, he would be guilty of insurrection and they had accomplished their purpose. And now they would be able to turn the Roman uh, leaders and rulers against the Lord Jesus Christ. But as we saw on Sunday night, his response is just amazing. Only Christ could do this. And uh, he said, bring me a coin whose inscription, something very, very simple. Bring the coin to me. So they bring the coin to the Lord Jesus Christ, whose inscription, this is Caesar's, they answered. He says, render therefore to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And it was impossible for anyone to find fault with what Jesus answered, with his answer to that question. And, and really is sharing with them, you've got an obligation to uh, the government, you've got an obligation to God, and you need to fulfill both of your obligations. There's a lot of preaching we could do uh, concerning this and we uh, well understand uh, what's happening in our world today. And uh, let me just make something clear here at Valley Bible Baptist Church that our first obligation is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and, and I want to say something. We don't receive government funding around here uh, and we don't do that because wherever there is funding, there are strings that go with the funding. And I believe it's very important that our uh, heart be towards the Lord and our accountability is to the Lord Jesus Christ. And so just want to make that very clear unto you here. Now the second question that we deal with tonight is this question that comes from the, the Sadducees. Uh, it's the question as to uh, the resurrection. And it, it's really a loaded question as was the first question. And uh, we'll deal with that tonight. Uh, then the third question is given by a scribe. It's a very important question, and uh, we may take uh, uh, several uh, different messages to deal with that, but which is the first and the great commandment of the law? And, of course, the Lord answered the first and great commandment is, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy mind. The second is like unto it, Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments, he said, I'll hang all the law and the prophets. And he said, in fulfilling those commandments, you fulfill everything else. Now, what we find of the Lord Jesus Christ as he deals with these questions, loaded questions, uh, he does so very biblically, but he does so very boldly. He's never ashamed of the truth of the Word of God. Uh, the thing about the Lord Jesus Christ, he, he was going to give the truth and let the truth fall where it may. And uh, you're responsible for your response to the truth. Uh, I believe uh, as a preacher, my job is to give the truth. I'm not responsible for your response. I'm responsible to give the truth out before the Lord. And this was what Jesus, as he quoted scripture, uh, that was his heart. Now, he gives tremendous insight as we look at this tonight, uh, this question from the Sadducees concerning the resurrection. Now, look at verse number 18, and we're going to take a look first of all at the Sadducees tonight. It says, Then come unto him the Sadducees, which say there is no resurrection. And they asked him, saying that the Sadducees were one 
of the main religious groups during Christ's days. There were several different groups. You've heard of the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Uh, there were the Herodians that uh, mentioned in the first question, along with the Pharisees. There were the Zealots. There were uh, various, uh, various groups here. The Sadducees were one of the main religious groups. Now, if you go back into the history, you will find that this is the group from which most of the high priests and the chief priests uh, were a part of. Uh, many of the merchants, many of the most wealthy of the city were a part of this group, the Sadducees. Caiaphas uh, was a Sadducee, Anna, Ananias was a Sadducee, uh, and, and many of the, the leaders of that day were Sadducees. Generally, uh, they were the wealthier, wealthier elements of the population. Uh, they, were, they were greatly influenced by Greek culture. Uh, generally, they had good relations with the Roman Empire, with the Roman rulers there in Palestine. Uh, they dominated the temple and the priesthood and really the Sanhedrin that would condemn the Lord Jesus Christ to death. Now, if you go through the Word of God, there was constant conflict between the Pharisees and the Sadducees. They had different viewpoints, uh, biblically speaking. Uh, the Pharisees were much more ritualistic. They were adherents to the details of the law. Uh, in the New Testament, Paul the Apostle, when he was Saul before his conversion, he says that he was a Pharisee of Pharisees. Uh, as concerning the law, he said blameless, and he was a stickler for the keeping of uh, the Old Testament law. Many times the Pharisees not only would follow uh, the Old Testament law, but they would follow oral tradition. And there were some of the traditions that had been handed down by the fathers that they would adhere to. Now the Sadducees were a little more lenient and loose in those things. The Sadducees denied the existence of angels. Uh, they denied the immortality of the soul. Uh, they denied the bodily resurrection. Uh, there was much conflict because of their viewpoints religiously with the Lord Jesus Christ and with the teachings of Christ. Uh, we know, of course, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, that He spoke of angels. We know of the Lord that He spoke of the resurrection. He spoke of the immortality of the soul. That went contrary to the teachings of the Sadducees. Now let's look at the question that they framed before the Lord Jesus Christ. They rejected the resurrection. Christ taught on the resurrection. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. And so they devised this trick question. What they thought uh, would reveal the ridiculousness of the resurrection, of a future resurrection. And so in verse number 19, they, they quote from the law of Moses. Verse 19, Moses, Master Moses, wrote unto us, If a man's brother die, and leave his wife behind him, and leave no children that his brother should take his wife and raise up seed unto his brother. This comes from the law of, of Moses, and they quote from this Old Testament law. You might uh, read the example of this in the book of Ruth. And we know that uh, Naomi and her husband Elimelech had uh, journeyed to Moab, and the sons of Naomi and Elimelech married uh, Moabite, uh, uh, Moabite women. Uh, we know that the, the uh, father and the two sons died, and so these two Moabitish women are left uh, with, uh, as widows. 
And we know the story as, as Ruth comes back with Naomi uh, back to the land of, of Judea uh, and back into her homeland near, near Bethlehem. And we read the story of Boaz and we find that Boaz uh, became the kinsman redeemer that is spoken of here in the law of Moses and that Boaz committed to raising up seed unto Elimelech who had passed away. So that's kind of the background of this quote from the, from the Sadducees. But I want you to notice the extent to which they take this. If you look in verse number 20, now there were seven brethren, and the first took a wife, dying, left no seed. Verse 21, and the second took her, died, neither left he any seed. And the third likewise, and the seven had her and left no seed. Last of all, the woman died also. And so they, they present a ridiculous proposal, and really the only way that would take place is Hollywood, if you, if you look at Hollywood and what happens there. But uh, a really a ridiculous proposal that they're bringing, and they're trying to, to use this ridiculous proposal uh, to prove the resurrection to be false. In verse number 23, In the resurrection, therefore, when they shall rise, if that resurrection is true, they didn't believe it, Whose wife shall she be of them? For the seven had her to wife. Now, by this question, they thought not only had they trapped the Lord Jesus Christ, but they thought they had proven through this the resurrection to be false. Now, the ridiculous nation, uh, or the ridiculous nature of that question, uh, they thought is going to trap Christ, prove him wrong, uphold their theological views. In their minds, they had the perfect question to prove Christ a heretic. But again, and we'll look at this tonight, and this is the basis here of what we're going to look at, he couldn't be trapped. Uh, he was wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. He used the Word of God. Uh, he believed the Word of God. The Word of God was his foundation. So let's look at Christ's response. Notice just boldly, verse 24. And Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err? You're wrong. He said, Your question is built upon a wrong foundation. You're looking at the resurrection from the finite mind of man. And so Jesus called out their error. Uh, many, really, if you look at this, they reject biblical truth because they try to fit the Bible into what they can see. That's what the Sadducees were doing. They're trying to fit the Bible into their finite minds and they can't comprehend it. Uh, it's kind of like the man, and maybe you've heard this, he said, I, I can't believe in God. And ask the question, why can't you believe in God? I, I've never seen Him. I've never heard Him. I've never touched Him. I've never smelled Him. And therefore, He doesn't exist. There's no proof of God. Of course, we understand there's ample proof of God if you look at things, but that was his mindset. And somebody asked him if he had a brain. He said, of course, I've got a brain. Have you ever seen it? No. You ever smelled it? No. And went on down that line with this man. Now, the Sadducees couldn't grasp the reality of the resurrection because the resurrection didn't fit into their finite minds. They couldn't understand. They couldn't comprehend. They couldn't grasp. How could a body laid in the grave that begins to decay and rot, how can that body come back together and have life again? That's an impossibility. Uh, they couldn't grasp that. They couldn't comprehend that. And so Jesus pointed out, he said, you err. You're wrong. 
We've got a wrong foundation. And then he pointed out two aspects of their faults. He says, first of all, you err because you don't know the Scriptures. If you look there in verse 30 to 24, Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err because you not, know not the Scriptures? Uh, for Jesus, the Word of God, was His foundation. And can I say to us tonight that the Word of God becomes our foundation for everything. It's, it's not human reasoning or, or any other aspect. Uh, we believe God. And we believe the Word of God. Uh, just to illustrate this, we believe the worlds were framed by the Word of God. Uh, we believe in the beginning, God. Uh, we don't argue with that. Uh, that's our foundation, in the beginning, God. Now, we weren't here when the world was created, but we believe that God spoke the world into being. And by the way, it takes less faith to believe that God spoke the world into being than to believe that all of this uh, mass universe that is so orderly and beautiful could be an accident. We believe that a divine creator spoke the world into being. We may not comprehend it all, but we believe it. And we believe that the world is a young earth. And we don't believe that it's millions and billions of years old. No, we believe in a, in a, in a young earth, uh, maybe 6,000 years or so. And we believe that God, when He created this world, it, it, uh, man may be 30 years of age if you were to look at Him, uh, though just created by God. And, and all of the trees in their place and the seas filled with fish and, and the earth covered with animals and plant life. And all of it uh, didn't evolve. It, it just bang. It's a big bang, but bang because God spoke into the being and there it was. It, it was created by God. We may not comprehend all of that, but the Word of God becomes our foundation. And through faith, we believe that the Lord framed the, the Bible by, He made everything from nothing. It was a miracle. And so the, the Sadducees are struggling with this because they don't understand the Word of God. They're trying through human reasoning, through human philosophy to describe everything. You can't do that. So the Scriptures clearly teach the resurrection. In verse number 25, here Jesus responds. He says, When they shall rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are as the angels which are in heaven. He says in, in the resurrection, we're not going to be bound to this mortal life. In this life, we are given in marriage. In this life, there are husbands, there are wives. But he says, in eternity, it will not be so. We know the angels do not marry. They, they're not given in marriage. And he said, so shall it be for you and I. In the book of Daniel, chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. As many And many of them that sleep in the dust of the earth, he says, shall awake some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Those were the Old Testament scriptures. Those scriptures were available to the Sadducees and those Old Testament scriptures clearly taught a resurrection and clearly taught the immortality of man. In verses 26 and 27 of, uh, of Christ's response here in Mark 12. And as touching the dead that they rise, have you not read in the book of Moses? And so here again Christ turns to Scripture. How in the bush God spake unto him, saying, I am the God of Abraham. Now remember, Abraham has already died by the burning bush. And the God of Isaac, and Isaac has already died. And the God of Jacob, and Jacob 
has already died. He is not the God of the dead, but the God of the living. You therefore do greatly err, the Lord Jesus Christ expressed to them. That they rejected the immortality of man, Jesus said, you do greatly err, you're wrong about this. He says, man is an eternal soul. Man is made in the image of God. And God is the God of the living. And though Abraham died, Abraham's still alive. And though uh, Jacob has died, he's still alive. And Isaac has died, and he's still alive. All still very much alive. Uh, I say to you that uh, I have relatives and loved ones that have died, but they're still very much alive. Uh, They're still living souls. That's what Jesus is expressing. Now let me give you a few scriptures to follow up on this, just to verify this from the Word of God. Go with me to the Gospel of Luke chapter number 16. Luke chapter number 16. And uh, you're familiar with this passage of Scripture dealing with Lazarus and the rich man. In verse number 19, we read of Lazarus, There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen. He fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus, which was laid at his feet, or gate, full of sores. And desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table, moreover the dogs came and licked, up, licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. Death was not the end. The rich man also died, he was buried, and in hell death was not the end. And in hell he lift up his eyes, being in torments, and seeth Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And we know the story here that he died, and he was tormented in hell. And you read on in this passage of Scripture, uh, they communicated in this rich man, verse 27. Uh, he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou wouldest send him to my father's house. For I have five brethren, that they may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. And so it's evident that they lived on after their physical life here upon earth. Man is a mortal being. Man lives eternally. Now there's a distinction in the Word of God between the saved and the lost. Uh, We spoke of the book of Daniel. Uh, There's the resurrection unto life, and there's the resurrection unto death, and there's that distinction that is made. Uh, There's the distinction between the rich man and Lazarus. And by the way, you'll find in the Bible only two destinations. There's no in-between. There's no purgatory. There's either heaven or there's hell, depending upon what what one has done with the Lord Jesus Christ. Evident that they live on. Now go back with me to the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25. On another occasion, notice what Jesus spoke in verse number 34, Matthew 25 and verse number 34. Uh, We read here, and this is is referring to some end-time events and the final events as we lead into eternity and the judgments of the Lord. In verse 34, Matthew 25, Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, you gave me drink. I was a stranger, you took me in naked, you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and then you came unto me. And, and here's the, the response or the, the, um, 
the lot of the righteous, those that are saved. Uh, you go to verse number 41, verse 41. Uh, then shall he say also to them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was unhungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, ye took me not in naked, and ye clothed me not sick and in prison, and ye visited me not. And so there's this distinction. Verse 46, These shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous unto life eternal. And so it's very clear that man is an eternal soul, an eternal being. There are two distinct resurrections. Go with me to 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we call this the resurrection chapter of the Bible. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, we come to the end of the chapter. And we have here the resurrection of the saved at the time of the rapture. We've uh, preached on that Sunday morning out of the book of Revelation. In 1 Corinthians 15, verse number 51, we read, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. For this corruptible must put on incorruption, this mortal must put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall have put on incorruption, this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? That's the promise that God gives to the saved. Let's go to the end of the Bible, the book of Revelation, chapter number 20. There's a distinct resurrection, likewise, of the lost. In Revelation, chapter 20, uh, this section speaks of the great white throne judgments of the Lord. This is after the millennial reign of the Lord Jesus Christ and before the new heaven and the new earth. We pick up in verse number 11 of uh, Revelation 20. And I saw a great white throne and him that sat on it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away. And there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. And it's very clear that soul or hell is not an ending. Hell is an eternity. And hell is an eternal torment. It's an eternal place. And man, because he's in the image of God, is an eternal soul. And man will live forever, either in heaven or in hell. Now this was something the Sadducees could not grasp. They erred because they did not understand the Scriptures. Now go back to Mark chapter number 12. Secondly, they erred. If you look in verse number 24, because they did not comprehend the power of God. In verse number 24, Jesus answering said unto them, Do you not therefore err, because you know not the Scriptures, neither the power of God? See, they couldn't wrap their finite minds around a God that could raise the dead. How could God put all the cells back together? 
How could he possibly do that? How could God take a, a rotted body, decayed in the ground, and cause that body to live again? Uh, or like the book of Ezekiel chapter 37, uh, how could God speak and the dead bones would rise and have flesh again? Uh, we ask the question today, does anything too hard for God? Uh, you see, a God that made everything from nothing by his word is able. A God that spoke the world into being is able to speak life into dead bodies again. A God that gave Abraham a child in his old age, he's able. And a God that delivered Israel from Egypt and parted the Red Sea, fed them with manna, gave them water from the rock, that God is able. And a God that came into the world by the virgin birth, the Lord Jesus Christ, that God is able. And a God that healed the sick and a God that made the lame to walk and the blind to see and a God that calmed the sea and a God that fed the multitudes with two little fishes and five loaves of bread. A God is able. I believe a God that is able to bring the grain out of the ground and cause it to produce corn, that God is able. And a God that is able to cause the fish to reproduce in the sea, that God is able. And a God that is able to fill the mountains with grass and uh, all of the water and everything, a God that holds everything, that God is able. And, and a God that spoke to Lazarus and said, Lazarus, come forth, is a God that one day is going to speak from heaven. And the grave of every dead person is going to come open. First of all, the resurrection of the saved, that God is able. And then a God that would bring forth at the great white throne the resurrection of the lost, that God is able. So what Jesus says to the Sadducees, you don't understand the scriptures and you don't understand the power of God. If you understood the scriptures, you would know that the resurrection is real. If you understood the power of God, you would understand that God is able. And there are a lot of fallacies that are born today from not understanding the scriptures, not basing your doctrine upon the scriptures, uh, trusting in man. God says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine understanding. Your own understanding is going to get you in problem. It got the Sadducees into problems. Uh, and so we, if we do not understand the scriptures, we're going to have wrong doctrine and everything that is built upon error is going to have an insolid foundation. If you were to go out and build on sinking sand, that's what Jesus said, the storms are going to come, uh, the rains are going to rage, the floods are going to rise. Every person in life is going to have that. If you don't build your life upon the scriptures, upon the word of God, you're going to be building upon sinking sand and your house is going to fall. A lot of lives are built on error. You see, if you're trusting in yourself or you're trusting in this world or you're trusting in your money or you're trusting in your job, that's going to come to an end. You do err, not understanding the scriptures. A foundation that does not comprehend the power of God, that kind of foundation is going to limit God and we bring God down to our level. And the Bible says that the ways of God are so high above the ways of man, you'll never comprehend God. So you build your life upon the foundation of the scriptures and upon the foundation of God's power and it will solve a lot of troubles and issues for you down the line. So do you see how wisely Jesus answered the Sadducees? 
See, the Sadducees were a part of this Sanhedrin. Many of them were uh, of the Sanhedrin were Sadducees. The high priest was a Sadducee. And they desired to condemn Jesus to death because he taught things they didn't agree with. But they had no ground on which to stand. He put them to silence just by turning to the scriptures, to the word of God. Now, just a question for you tonight as we close. Have you limited God in some capacity? Are you building your life on the foundation of God's word, the scripture? You're not always going to understand God. You don't have to understand God. You can't understand God. But if you can build upon the anchor of God's word and the anchor of God's power, uh, my friends, you can succeed in life. You've got a foundation that's going to hold you. Uh, let's bow our heads here tonight.